You're listening to the See the Upside podcast, where we talk about overcoming obstacles, choosing positivity, and doing life a little better every day. I'm your podcast host, Nina Bleicher. On the show, we share real stories and speak with industry experts about how to expand and grow through difficult change. We don't always get to choose the challenges that show up in our life, but we do get to decide how we view them. In those hard moments, there are always beautiful invitations. That's what See the Upside podcast is all about. Navigating the hard moments, but then finding the opportunity to heal, grow, and connect. I'm so grateful you're here and can't wait to share these conversations with you. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, my friends. So happy to have you back at the See the Upside podcast. Today on the show, we have Shana Francesca, and she is a speaker, writer, and entrepreneur. She's the founder and lead designer at Consonate, which is a multidiscipline interior design and life design firm working with clients all around the world. Shana believes our present and future are transformed when we infuse our lives with intention, when we actually design our lives, and we accept our role as the author of our own stories. Love that so much. Our conversation today will be about how to live with more intention, why it's important, how it can change our experience, where it heals us, how it can uplevel our lives, enhance our relationships and beyond. So happy to have you on the show, Shana, and I love this topic. Yes, thank you for having me, Nina. I'm very excited to have this talk with you. Oh my gosh. As someone that I personally feel lived at like a 30% capacity until probably almost my mid-40s, I'm so excited to talk about your perspective on living with intention and how everybody can kind of tap into more of that and why it's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about what does that even mean? Like, what do we mean when we say living with intention? Cause I know the old me wouldn't even know what you're talking about. I would be like, well, I have a calendar, like I scheduled my day, you know, but that's not what we're talking about. It's not. And, you know, it means different things for different people, but the crux of it is that We live in line and alignment with who we truly are. And, you know, it it goes along with the saying, know thyself, right? Famous philosopher, I forget which one, who said, know thyself, know thyself. That is our life's journey is to know ourselves. But I think especially here in the United States, it's really difficult to know thyself because there's so many things demanding our attention that to give ourselves Mm. truly attention is really difficult. And it goes deeper than self-care because in many ways, I think that self-care is a response by femme presenting people or by cis women as a response to take care of ourselves because so much of what we've been taught is to give of ourselves that we have to like sequester time and call it self-care when really it shouldn't have to have a name. It should be a natural practice as a part of our life. You know what I mean? So like, there's all these things that have come up for us we're trying to, I think, as a society, find ourselves. We're trying to know mm. ourselves. We're trying to create an environment in which we can know ourselves. So there's so many layers to it. But what it comes down to is 
you know, I think meditation start is the center of it and st- the starting point of it, really. It's like this foundational element because to know yourself, you have to actually take time, listen to yourself and try to get quiet from all the things that are demanding our attention all day long. And I recognize that that can be really hard, especially if you're a mother, a wife, you know, someone who has a lot of people depending on you. I recognize how hard that can be. And creating community, like reconnecting to community will help us do this together, right? We're not meant to do this alone. Hillary Clinton said, it takes a village. It doesn't just take a village to raise a child. It takes a village, period. Yeah. It takes a village. We need village. We need community. We need people around us. And we need to feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable enough to be honest with ourselves and with one another to say, we aren't meant to do this alone and I can't do this alone. So, you know, to be able to say, I need to call in a a friend to, to have the kids for five minutes or someone to take the dogs or whatever it is so that we can, we can have some time with ourselves and we can get quiet, get clear regularly, be able to listen to ourselves and be like, just to breathe in and out, (laughs) breathe in and out. You know, I think as women, like you're saying, we've been taught to only give and that we, we don't eat. Like I know for myself, I didn't even know that I had needs. I thought my needs were to, serve and support and help everybody else. I really didn't have any self-awareness as you're saying, I didn't ever take the time to get still with myself. And I think, you know, there are many reasons we don't do that. There's societal as we're talking about, but I think there's also fear around, you know, really getting to know ourselves, being afraid of needing things, being afraid of having desires. And that's it. It's being afraid of needing, right? And there's so many layers. There's so many layers of of programming that we have been receiving since we were children that have literally piled on top of each other. And sometimes Mm. at first they feel paper thin when we're children right? They feel paper thin. They're just starting to blur our view of ourselves. And then as we get older, they get layers and layers thick. You know, they're inch thick, they're foot thick, they're thick. And after a while, we don't even know what it feels like to not have layers of expectations and categories Mm. and on top of us, we don't even know what that feels like. And, And so that's the heart of life design is having the courage to say, I don't even know what it's like to be me because I don't even know who me is because I, there's so much programming. There's so much programming and, and just to create community together to, to start pulling away and peeling away those layers. So we can start to get a view of ourselves. I think our whole life's journey is about knowing ourselves. Yeah. Right? Cause so that's such true. a vulnerable place to be. Just know thyself. Yeah. That's so vulnerable. It's so mm. vulnerable. Yeah. It's so hard to get there. I think, you know, and this podcast was really born out of my divorce. And I think that was a forced get to know yourself. Like the universe was hitting me over the head. You need to speak your truth. You need to live authentically. You need to live intentionally. And looking back, I can see all the invitations and signs, but I just wasn't Mm -hmm. having it. You know, I was just deflecting, deflecting, running, giving away, stuffing it down, putting it in a box up on a shelf. That's what we're taught. 
Yes. But what happens is eventually something takes you down. I mean, uh-huh. we are not meant to be here to live this surfacey 30% life. And, no. you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it was a hard fall. Yeah. And it was uh, yeah. a lot of work to climb out of that, but yeah. it was so worth it. And sometimes yeah. that's how your, your awakening happens is yeah. it's, you know, yeah. hit over the, your bottom. head over the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say to people, I, I talk about this in a, in this way, a lot of times for people is that we are taught rock bottom is a bad place, but rock bottom is not a bad place. And let me explain why. Rock bottom, when we think about what a rock at the bottom of something is, it's a foundation, mm. right? And so when we usually to get to rock bottom, we have had to tear apart everything that was standing on that foundation because everything that was standing on that foundation was societal constructs, was, ex- was external expectations, was family expectations, was all the things that people built for us and told us we had to put ourselves inside of, right? This is all these, these, like, it's almost like if you could envision like, like crates just being stacked on top of each other. And we're like, they're like, here's a new one. They pop off the lid and it's like, here's another thing you've got to fit yourself inside of. Mm. And it, when we get to get to rock bottom, it's like, we've got to light a match and burn it all to the ground. And when we get to the ground, we see that it's actually a foundation. That's, that's where we can start to build a life based on our truth. We can take time and we can repair that foundation. We can start building something that's beautiful and in, and absolutely authentically connected to who we are. Rock bottom is beautiful. Yeah, is I beautiful. agree. It's rock bottom's really a red carpet. You know, it's an invitation. Yes. It's an invitation. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's an invitation for a beautiful life, mm. for a beautiful life. And it stinks that we have to get to a place where we have to hit rock bottom. It stinks that we're not allowed to, when we're, I feel like we're born into rock bottom. And we're invited yeah. to build a life, but society's like, no, no, just kidding. And the society keeps knocking it over and telling us who we should be. Do it like this, do it like this, do it like this. And I think especially as women, we kind of hit 40. I'm th- I'll turn 38 on Monday. We kind of get closer to 40. And at some point in time, we're like, wait a second. If this mm-hmm. is the only life I know I have, and I've spent all of it that I'm aware of to this moment living based on other people's expectations, and I've been pretty miserable. And all the things that I was promised as a child that would be magical and wonderful and having kids would be so fulfilling. Not that having kids is a bad thing, but it isn't just a beautiful thing. It's a painful thing. It's a stretching. It's not easy, right? It's not this beautiful, magical thing. It's hard and it takes a lot, especially when as women we're expected to do 80, 90, 100% of not only the emotional labor, but the physical labor in rearing children and raising children and to do it on our own because we're supposed to pretend like we can do everything ourselves and be superwoman when we're meant to do it together in community. I mean, all these things are sucking the life out of us every single day. And the closer we get to 40, I think, I think once you hit 30, you start to question really heavily (laughs) because your brain finished developing a few years before that. And now you're kind of like, okay, you're getting your feet under you. You get to 40, you get to 50 and you're like, screw it all. (laughs) Well, you also start realizing the ask that's been made of us is impossible. I think our generation in particular, where like my mom's generation, she stayed at home and raised the kids. 
And yeah. that was her role. And my dad went to work and made money and paid all the bills and did all the financial investing. But our generation, I mean, you're younger than me, obviously, but we're in that in-between where there's a realignment happening and it's yeah. very empowering, but we still have the old expectations and stories yes. too. And we have yes. this huge responsibility yeah. and a huge job of shifting the expectation because mm. I can't. And that happened in my marriage. I worked full time. Yeah. I cooked all the meals. I did all the laundry. I did all the carpools, made all the lunches, had all the child rearing responsibilities. Yeah. I, it was overwhelming. I, yeah. I didn't have enough time. I didn't have enough bandwidth and no yeah. wonder I abandoned myself and my own needs. There wasn't yeah. even time to no. sit still to think about that. Cause no. all I was doing was going and running. And then I yeah. add in other complex dynamics into the marriage, yes. you know, that yeah. were problems mm-hmm. that I was so busy, you know, shielding the world and my family from all of that stuff there was nothing left. And what yeah. happened is it imploded and yeah. burned, burned to the ground. Yeah. As of you course, say. It, of like course it it's going to. to, yeah, it yeah. had to, it had to, because it's not, it's inhumane. It was insustainable. It's, yeah. It was it's, undoable. It's inhumane. Yeah. The expectations on women are inhumane. Yeah. And I would, I would argue that the expectations that where men have been raised to only be provider it does strip them of their humanity as well in a different way. And it also strips them of accountability. And because they've been raised without any significant level of accountability in any other way than to be provider, they do not have the emotional intelligence, not all men, but many men, most men, not have the emotional intelligence to understand that accountability is how we grow and learn and how we actually sustain a relationship. And it, it becomes, and they're, and they're raised to hate femininity. So the minute we start asking them to do anything that they associate with femininity, there's a hatred that flies up, right? There's a wall. Like a defensiveness. Up. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because they're like, that's a woman's job. That's a woman's job. And I, I have to hate anything that's feminine if I'm going to be a man. And it's so detrimental. And I think so many men are waking up to that. Yeah. That's, that's a hard shifting. process for them yeah. too. Yeah. It's, I mean, we're all shifting. It's just in very different ways. And it's a very transitional time. And the thing that I see that will help us all get through this is community, is designing our lives yeah. together, recognizing that when we design our life, it's not insular. It's yeah. absolutely connected. We're absolutely indefinitely connected to one another. Yeah. It really reverberates everywhere within yeah. the universe for sure. Yes, absolutely. Well, And one thing you and I have talked about too, is that concept of allowing ourselves to feel uncomfortable. So uncomfortable emotions, like we were talking about the rock bottom moment, but also allowing ourselves to feel disappointment and anger and frustration, because that has been a cultural thing where our society says, we're not, if, if you're feeling bad, you know, the Mm. need you know, antidepressants or you, yeah. there's something wrong with you need you a new or, dress or new shoes or a new car or a new house or a new whatever, or yeah, any, yeah, antidepressants. And I'm not speaking out against medicine. I right. Of course. That and we there, do there's need a time medicine. and a place for that. There's yeah, no question. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, do yeah. respect and honor that. But I do recognize that at no other time in, in our history have so many people been on antidepressants and have they been so unsuccessful in people's lives 
And I think it's because yes, you need the antidepressants, but, but that's dealing with the symptoms. That's not dealing with the root cause. And the root cause is that our, our whole society, especially in America is built on hierarchy is built on extraction of resources is built on exploitation is built on us clamoring over top of one another is built on us needing to consume more and more and more and more, but we are never satisfied because it was never about consumption. It's about connection. Right. Yeah. I love that. It all comes back to connection. Yeah, all comes back to connection. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that idea of sitting with ourselves and getting to know and understand our feelings. So when we either hit that rock bottom moment or have an uncomfortable feeling like disappointment, yeah. anger, yeah. frustration, being willing to be uncomfortable, yeah. sit with it and get yeah. to know the yeah. why and start it. And like you said, in meditation is such a good place to do that. So if, yeah. for example, you get into an argument with your spouse because they came home late from work or something, what is the real reason for the frustration? Is it the communication? Is it the connection between you is it is, yeah. not is it prioritizing? The, yeah, yeah. I would like, say, is it that your spouse keeps leaving you the responsibility of taking care of the kids, and they're going out and they're getting to right. pretend that they're still single? Meanwhile, you're at home taking on all the responsibility and feeling so disconnected from yourself. You're a fraction, a hair's breadth away from literally shattering into a million pieces. You know, I think the you know the frustrating thing is that we can only change ourselves. But the thing we can get clear on is when we get willing to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, mm. we can start to get clear on, are we emotionally and physically safe in the relationships around us? Yeah. Can we speak the truth? Is it us holding us back or is it our safety holding us back? Because if it's your safety holding your back, holding you back, you need like, that's a bigger issue. And leaving that situation as safely as possible is the goal. But if you know yourself to be safe in certain relationships in your life, empowering yourself to speak the truth and the whole truth with kindness is really, really critical, but it's uncomfortable and we're afraid and we're, we're out of practice at it because we've been taught to be passive aggressive. We've not been taught that we're allowed to truly vocalize what we need or want. And it's so damaging. So, you know, I think Mm, just dipping our toe in, and practicing being uncomfortable, sitting with it, just baby steps, moving into it, moving towards it. And eventually, as you start to do more things that make you uncomfortable, but they expand your emotional intelligence and your true ability to connect with yourself and with other people and to take up beautiful space in this world, not space away from other people, but to truly take up space beautifully and appropriately. Because I would argue that when we're passive aggressive, we're actually taking space away from other people. When we're speaking authentic truth, we are taking up space beautifully and intentionally. And so when we can do that, and when we can sit that way, we can start setting healthy boundaries. We can start to understand what it looks like to enforce those boundaries. We can start giving ourselves permission to exit relationships that are unhealthy and not serving us and not feel any shame or guilt about it. You know, these are the things that can start to happen when we are willing to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because yes because anything living, new yeah, is right. going to be uncomfortable, uncomfortable. it's going exactly. to be even if it's a healthy new thing 
Always, always. Yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting. I was listening to a Gabby Bernstein podcast not too long ago, and she talked about how to set boundaries, how to have a boundary conversation Mm -hmm. in a relationship. And it can be a romantic relationship. It can be a friendship. It could be a family member. But what she said is get yourself into a loving place first, like Mm -hmm. figure out what it is you're trying to communicate and come from your highest, best, most loving self for all involved. And Mm -hmm. secondly, get clear about what you're trying to communicate, not, not coming from a place of, you know, sometimes I sort of feel like, like, cause that's passive aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah. it's confusing. Yes. You're like, what are you asking for? Like, yeah. I don't get it. And if you yeah. say, when you do this, that makes me feel this, you know, and, and then uh, I'm trying to think of what the other thing was. I think she said, let go of getting emotional about their reaction, like Mm, disengage yourself from what their reaction is. Like you just have to kind of ground yourself in your loving truth and know that it's okay. And then the fourth thing was be patient. Don't expect them. They may not get it right away. They may not honor it right away. They may not understand it. They They frequently don't. Yeah, they frequently don't. Let's just be honest, because oftentimes, when especially as women, we're not allowed to set boundaries. So when we start setting boundaries, there is a very strong reaction, typically, mm. in my experience, from those around us. Because if they're women that we're setting boundaries with, they feel an immediate defensiveness because they haven't been allowed to set boundaries and you're setting a boundary and there's there's like confusion and defensiveness yeah. that starts to rise up. And when we set boundaries with people who have been raised male, you know, there's also something there where I think men, I think men actually do not understand the depth of which we need them Mm. and that we want them. And, and I think there's a tremendous amount of hurt there when a man realizes he's done something to hurt you. I think their defensiveness comes from a place of deeply not understanding. And, and in that moment of recognition, they get very defensive about that because they really love us so tremendously, but really terrible at showing it. Well, and it's kind of personalizing, right? Yeah. Like it's not personal. It's, it's yeah. just communication. Yeah. Yeah. It is personal though. I mean, everything is personal, right? Like I think it's personal for the person expressing it, but we make it about us when we get right. defensive, right? right. Yeah. That's it's not, I mean. it's, yeah. when someone's expressing themselves to us, we have to get better at, and I'm saying we, because I mean me too, get better at not internalizing it and not making it about mm. me and really making sure that I'm honoring and giving that person space to express themselves without feeling like I need to express myself back in a way that kind of counters their expression. It's kind of a beautiful way to have compassion for the other person receiving your boundary when you're giving a boundary to be able to say, Hey, when you do this, it makes me feel like this. Can you do this instead? And if they get defensive, when you frame it in your head, like this may make them feel like they're not showing up for you because they care for you so much that it's hurtful for them. It kind of makes it more easy to be understanding and patient on our end than making it feel like 
they're resisting your boundary and don't respect it. Like it may not be about that. Sure. Sometimes it is. Sure. But... I was going to say, sometimes it is. I was going to say, a lot yes. of times it is. <laughs> a lot of times it is. That's our natural first reaction is to resist it and to not want to believe that we've done something to hurt someone else. Yeah. Um, but I think when we give ourselves time to process, because whether we're the person being asked a boundary of, or, and I just had to have this conversation the other day with my mother, which is hard conversation, mm. daughter, mother situation. Everyone who is a mother or daughter here. Knows what yes. It's so hard. Um, where, you know, she struggles with being passive aggressive and it's not something that she has taken ownership of her life at, at all. And there was a situation where uh, I was at her house and I was, and I noticed that she had toilet, uh, like a whole big thing of toilet paper like in a different place than she stores all her toilet paper. So I put it with all the other toilet paper thinking, maybe she didn't realize, maybe somebody else put it down here or something. And I told her, and then she got really upset or she didn't get upset in the moment. I said, Hey, I put it with the other toilet paper, but like, if you want me to put it back, I can, I just didn't know if you knew it was there. And then like three days later, she, and I said, but I'll put it back. Do you want me to put it back now? Or did you know it was there? I just brought it up because I was coming up and she said, no, it's, it's okay. And then and then three days later, she comes to me. And she's like, I really need to talk to you about something. I really felt a certain kind of way. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I felt like you were trying to reorganize my house by moving the toilet paper. And I was like, well, I'm confused why you didn't express that in the moment when I asked you how you felt about it. And if you wanted me to put it back, because I was absolutely honoring the fact that you may have wanted it there. And I brought it up thinking it may have been put there by mistake. Um, and, and I asked you, so there I opened up the floor to say, I'll put it right back, but you didn't take opportunity. And now you're phasing this in a way in your head that makes me responsible for a communication you didn't communicate, right? And so there's all this like weird dynamics and you can always tell what's going on in someone's head by the way that they're expressing things, you know? And in that moment, it was really hard for me not to be like, Bleh. like I'm so annoyed, <laughs> right? But like, you know, when we can really sit with it, we can recognize like, I don't, you know, there's something going on there. She's feeling sensitive about something in particular. And, and there's something really beautiful when we can sit with it, but human, human communication, I mean, we think we've made a mess of it. So <laughs> these kind of boundary setting situations become, and I had, I had to say to her like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to set a boundary in the future. If we're having a conversation and I say, you know, hey, I've done something and I'm not sure if it's okay with you. If you come back to me later and then are creating a whole story about it, I'm not, I'm not going to take on that story. I'm not actually, you're going to need to work on the way that you're phrasing it and say, actually, like, you're going to have to take personal ownership and say, hey, when you asked me if you, I, sh I wanted you to put it back. I should have said yes. And I didn't take ownership of that. And so I want to tell you now that actually in that moment, I didn't express myself properly. Right. And having these like interactions where we can go back, mm. but we have to take, we have to take ownership when we go back. And it's really uncomfortable to take that ownership and say, Hey, actually, I, I wasn't honest here. I wasn't staying true to myself. I wasn't, those are the moments where we grow when we can lean into that uncomfortable and take ownership rather than putting our emotions on someone else and making our emotions, someone else's responsibility. Mm. Well, I think it's so fascinating. We're all constantly growing and learning. Like there yes. is no mastering or perfection yeah. here. There's no Correct. right or wrong. It's yeah. like, we're just 
trying to figure it out. We but are. I love that humility of owning. I didn't communicate the way I really wanted to, yeah. you know, and learning from that and, and being yeah. able to humble yourself to communicate yeah. that to yeah. someone. It's yeah. hard it, yeah. that I've gotten, I used to have a real struggle with, I was very passive aggressive in my marriage yeah. because I didn't feel like I had a voice. I just yeah. got shut down every time I communicated a need and I didn't yeah. know how to, how to be heard. Yeah. And it's hard to unravel that and reprogram yes. it when that's yeah. what you did. And that was yeah. how you survived kind of, yes. you know? Yeah. And my mom was the same way. She, she had, you know, she, her marriage was abusive for 25 years. So I understand that's mm. where she's coming from, but the practice I've created in my own life. And I don't, I don't use that as an example. I, I recognize we're all on our own growth journey and I'm in the same place. It just happened to be a beautiful example, but I, in my own life have called it cleaning it up when I've said something and I didn't take ownership, right. Or I, or I didn't recognize what I, I, I just wasn't clear in a moment, or perhaps I felt like I might've stepped on someone's toes uh, because I could see a reaction in their face that they may not have voiced out loud, but I, they clearly, whatever I said, didn't land with them the way that I meant to. And impact is very different than intention. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've just made a practice of when I notice that someone else, when I've said something that didn't seem to land the way that I thought it would, or the way I intended it to with someone, I just go back and I clean it up. I don't necessarily do it in the moment because that's not always appropriate depends on the environment, but the person might get an email or a phone call from me mm. a day or two later and says, Hey, I'm not sure how this landed with you, but I don't think it landed the way that I wanted to. And that's really uncomfortable because usually the person says, no, I, I you know, I absolutely didn't think that. No, Cause we're all taught to be so passive aggressive, right? The person in the moment doesn't go. Absolutely. I felt exactly what you're saying, right? They never say that. They never are like, yes, I actually did feel pretty crappy about what you said. They never say that, almost never. But I can tell that that they did because they're like, hey, you know, um, no worries. I didn't, I didn't, but our relationship grows after that moment. I, I hate no worries, by the way. Can we right. talk about that? No worries to me is the most passive so aggressive statement that has ever been invented. And I have friends who will, uh, okay, I'll give you an example. She would say like, Hey, can you take, pick up my daughter from school today? And I'd be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I have a business meeting. I can't help you out this time. She'd go, no worries. And I'm like, don't you know, worries me. Like you were asking me for a favor. Of course it's no freaking uh, worry. Like, I'm not worried. Gonna... Don't say that. I hate I know. no worries. Oh my I get God. it. I get it. But I, I am the person who says that sometimes when I genuinely mean it. I just for the audience, you guys don't know this, but I'm autistic and I have ADHD. So when I say no worries, I really actually mean like it's I, all like, good. Don't, yeah. It's all good. I actually mean that because I will literally tell you exactly what I'm thinking or feeling. I'm probably one of the least passive aggressive people that anyone has ever met because I will say the things out loud. Other people are like, you said that out loud. <laughs> but it's because I'm autistic and sometimes I just don't know, right? Um, so like, but I do know what you mean that so many people do actually mean that passive aggressively. But you can, you know, when I go back and I clean it up and I challenge people to try this, right? And mm-hmm. and it's especially helpful, like when we do it when the other person hasn't out loud acknowledged that they were hurt by what we said and we yeah. just might have noticed that they might have been or suspect that they might have been or we heard what we said out loud in our head afterwards and are like oh boy why did I say that 
if we actually take ownership of those small moments and go back and say to that person, I'm sorry, I don't think that that landed the way that I wanted it to. And I want to clean it up. We see a deepening of relationship that we never knew possible. There's a trust level that's established there. We're willing to sit in the uncomfortable places and acknowledge Mm. the uncomfortable places. Such beautiful trust is grown in those little moments because it's the tiny fractures that break relationships, right? It's the, it's it's the tiny fractures. It is not the big moments because the big moments only get to be big moments because there's been a thousand fractures before them. So what is a way if you're on the receiving end of a hurtful thing that's happened that you can give an honest response when someone comes to you and says, I'm really sorry. Like without, uh, we, we shouldn't say Oh, don't worry. I didn't know we should that. We no, shouldn't should be on- because then we're, first of all, we're not honoring ourselves. ourselves. Yes, yeah, exactly. We're not honoring ourselves. And secondly, we're not being clear about yeah. what's okay in that and relationship. We're and abandoning I kind of- boundaries. Yeah. Yes. If, if we're not acknowledging that we were hurt, we're abandoning boundaries. And we are also telling ourselves that it, that it's okay. That person hurt us. It's okay in the future. It's okay if somebody hurts us. Like we're sending ourselves terrible messages when we yeah. don't affirm that we've been hurt. And it's okay to affirm that we've been hurt. It's uncomfortable to say, yes, you hurt me. Because mm. that's vulnerable. And that so means vulnerable. that that person yeah. that means that, that person has the ability to hurt us. Woo! Sitting with that is hard. Oh but- my God. How do we say <laughs> that in a I, loving, gracious yeah. way? Yeah. That's how do you what do you think? For me. For me, it's, for me, it's, that did hurt me. Thank you for acknowledging that. I really appreciate you doing that. That means the world to me. And, you know, and if, if that person has said, Hey, I hurt you and I don't understand why, but I know that I hurt you, then explaining why it hurt you may be helpful for that person. If they do seem to understand why they hurt us and they explain that when they come back and clean it up with us, then there's no need to dive into why necessarily, right? But to just make sure it's all there and we're, and we feel heard heard and completely understood in that moment, right? That's the key point, just to be able to say, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that that did hurt me. I think that's just a beautiful way to just reciprocate that honest, authentic energy. And it's such an authentic moment. It's such a moment where those are the moments where community is built. Well, and those are the moments moments. where deep connection is made where the old me loved staying on the surface and keeping it clean and bright and new and happy, but it was surface. It wasn't real. And even though it's back to what we were talking about, getting super uncomfortable and allowing ourselves to open up and take that risk. And I'll tell you some of the, some of the hard conversations I've had, I've had to take a lot of meditation internal time to really ground myself in it and understand and get to that loving place of communication and that love and compassion for myself that I want this to be communicated. It's that important to me and yeah. to, and to let go of the outcome. I mean, that is really yes, that's hard. The, oh God, trust. that's so hard. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> and that's another theme we yeah. wanted to talk about yeah. is how do we learn to let go and trust that it will be okay. Yeah. And I yeah. think you do get to a place in personal yeah. growth you do. where living your truth becomes more important than sustaining something that, that isn't is, serving you. It's not serving well, you. that maybe you don't know if it's serving you yet. Yeah, and by, by yeah. having the conversation and addressing either the problem or the issue or whatever it is, yeah. you're giving it the opportunity to, yeah. to skyrocket into something yeah. really amazing. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. you're going to learn this isn't, yeah. we're not on the same wavelength. We're not in alignment. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's, it is that it's in its current form. It's not serving you right in the current yes. form of that relationship. It's not serving you. It doesn't mean that the person has to be ushered out of our life, but that, that relationship as it stands has yes. to be transmuted. It cannot stay as it is because that relationship isn't serving you. It doesn't mean the person has to go, right? There's yeah. different levels of connection and in different ways mm. that we connect. And it doesn't mean just because somebody's not meant to be our best, best friend doesn't mean they can't be part of our life. It just means we set boundaries on their access to us. And that happens yes. in every relationship, right? And I think back to your original question, what, uh, can you re-ask your original question? Uh, your, what? Your, I don't even know no, what my original. You were, <laughs> you were asking. You were some. You were saying, "How do we? How do we sit with? Or how do we? How do we sit with not knowing the outcome? Oh, That's what how it was. Do we not knowing the outcome. How do we let go and let have go of the outcome? Of, yeah. yeah I'm, that the I'm so shocked. Would... I remembered that. Okay. So how <laughs> like, do we? Let I go? don't remember anymore. <laughs> how do we let go of the outcome? I think you know what. What is present for me in my life is that we we desire control over the outcome when it feels like we have no boundaries in our life no true connection we are we're desperately grasping for an anchor in some part of our life and if that means trying to control the outcome if that's the only place we feel like we can develop control then we're going to try that because we need something to anchor us we need we need something. We really need each other. We really are meant to anchor each other, right? And also be anchored within ourselves. I think the more that we anchor within ourselves, the deeper we go inside, the more we let go of societal expectations, you realize that control is a construct and our lives are more like the ocean. It's meant to just, we're meant to flow with it. And, and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> But the more we practice being uncomfortable, the less we hold on to being attached to things and instead we become connected, right? There's a difference between attachment and connection. Connection is with consent of both parties. Mm. Both, both parties, both things, both energies are consenting to that, to that relationship, right? Attachment is when we are holding on to something for dear life without it's necessary necessarily consent we're just like this is mine no questions asked right this is mine i have to hold on to this when we let go of that when we recognize that we are strips we're suffocating our future we are suffocating ourselves when we form attachment rather than connection 
is what we're really truly meant to be energetically in a flow together, just like the ocean. Well, and it's almost like you have to let go of you that do. attachment yeah. to allow the connection in because the true 100%. connection yes. has to be total free will, natural, free flowing. Yes. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Which yes. can be hard because I think sometimes we grip on to what we've got because it's all we yes. know, but by so letting you know. go, we let it blossom into something a thousand times bigger oh, than absolutely. gripping the the scraps could ever yes. be, you know, well, that, that, that's what I learned with my own business, right? I started my business as an interior design firm because I was, I was so attached to my, my bachelor of science in interior design. That was my anchor. That was, gave me validation. Mm. That's what gave me credibility. And that kept me from imposter syndrome. I'm a great interior designer, but there was a larger conversation being had with each and every one of my clients, just like the conversation we're having right now. This is the way that I have conversations with my clients. And four years ago, I started group coaching. Um, for like 20, 15 to 20 people at a time. And I did that for two and a half years and a hundred people in, I was like, these concepts I've all derived from my interior design work and my work with my clients, but they're not, it's not about interior design at all. It's about interior person design in, in inside us design. It's now what I call life design so that it's not confusing to people. People who like interior design like this. I don't know. <laughs> You know, yeah, I do. I get it. You do. 100%. Right. But, but, yeah. but once I start to describe the principles of life design, people start to see that interior design and life design, they are this, they use the, the exact same principles, at least the way that I see them, you know, because when we, when we can sit and be present with who we are, we can recognize the story that we want our life to tell. And when we get clear on the story we want our life to tell, now that's a, that's a vulnerable place, by the way, this is not easy. This is not just like sitting down with a piece of paper and writing down a cute story. This is truly tapping into who we want to be to when we truly are like, no, I'm willing to be known. I'm willing to be known to myself and to the world, what I truly see and want and know to be my purpose as I choose it because we choose our purpose when we are willing to sit down and get clear on the story we want our life to tell, then we can start to recognize the ways in which our physical surroundings reflect back our beliefs about ourselves mm. and in which, in which ways our physical surroundings are interrupting the story that we want our life to tell. Because as it currently stands in our world, we spend two thirds of our life at home. I wish that weren't the case, but we do. And really when we think about it, that becomes the stage from which we tell the story of our life, the place where we gather with friends and family, the place where our children celebrate their birthdays or their graduations and take their prom photos and where we might get engaged or we might get married or we might in, you know, celebrate an anniversary. All these beautiful things, these small, these moments you know, these every day that you snuggle up next to your partner at night or your kids crowd around you on your bed, these beautiful moments, this is a stage from which we tell the story of our life. And it's meant to be supporting us, not us supporting it, right? And when we start to get clear on all of those things, we can recognize the ways in which we have allowed or are allowing the rules that other people have put on us to dictate what our stage looks like. And when we can get clear that that being un we're comfortable with being uncomfortable, we start to clear that stage. 
We start to let go of the things that are no longer serving us. We start to release personally and in our physical environment. They, they reflect, they work together. What's going on up here happens all around us in our physical environment. And when we get clear on that connection, we start to see, right? Like how that happens where we start to organize small little areas as we have time. We start to move furniture around or we say, hey, you know what? I never actually use my dining room. I'd love to make that my yoga room. And we just put face, put our, put our furniture on Facebook marketplace and put our yoga mat in the middle of that room. Whatever it happens to be, we start to allow ourselves to take up space beautifully in this world. And it changes everything. It changes everything. What a beautiful expression of ourselves. Like I never really thought of my house that way. And it's so interesting because the house that I live in now, I call it a cottage because it's mm. pretty small. And it was my first place I lived when I got separated. Mm. And the search to find a place was extremely mm. stressful sure. and hard. There was nothing available at that time. And I just wasn't coming up with anything. And then through a friend and a series of divine interventions, this house came up and the timing, like it wasn't available right away, but literally the stars aligned and I walked Mm. in and I felt at home. Like I knew Mm. this place was Mm. my place and it is my favorite house I've ever, ever lived in. And I've, I lived in nine homes in 19 years with my ex-husband. It was a lot and nothing felt grounded to me. Nothing felt like mine. It just, it's so interesting, this intersection of how our homes are a reflection of what's going on within. I mean, that's, I was like renting space and that's kind of how I was in my marriage. I was like renting space in the family and the marriage. Yes. And yeah. Gosh, I never really thought of it that way, but what, how freeing and liberating and exciting to be able to change that and shift it and and become something new. And it can be something really little, like, you know, changing the kind of bed sheets that you have. Like my bed sheets have peacocks on them. They're really fun and funny. I love peacocks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was so cute. They were at target and I'm like, I love those. I have to have those. And being able to have a really feminine bedroom that feels like me that has like crystals around it. And just is, is a, it's not all pink or anything like that, but it's just, it's so me. It's so, and it feels so fun to do that. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And I, when I start talking about this, people are immediately do what you just did. They're like, you're right this. And I know you're right because this, right. And they, and they just start to put together that. Yes. What I'm saying absolutely resonates with them. Um, and I love, I love that you like so quickly, like, yes, this resonates with me because I did that, <laughs> you know, because we don't realize how subconsciously we are doing that all the time. And so we can, we can really feel like, like, I love that you were able to finally create space that felt like, because we all need in a family and there's a whole, these different people involved. Everyone needs to have a space that feels like it's truly reflecting who they are. Everyone needs yes. to be represented. And so, and I think many times that isn't the truth. That isn't oh the truth. Oh my gosh. Such We're permission cre- yeah. to like yeah. throw stuff out or donate stuff or, yeah. or change things. Like why yeah. 
change them around. Yes. I mean, even like moving furniture into a different position, or like you said, repurposing a room, like, well, because people judge and we get afraid that they're going to, they're going to come over and they're going to judge us and be like, well, where are you going to eat? Right. But that's their, that's just like you were talking about before other people's reactions are not our responsibility and it's our home. And so we can put a boundary around that and say, Hey, you know, I appreciate that you have an opinion about my home, but it's my home. So I've yeah. made it in a way that benefits me. And I appreciate that it's not how you would set up your home, but it's my home. And you can set that boundary that way, you know, with kindness and with grace and let that person know, like your opinions aren't welcome here unless they ask for them. Right? Well, and I think it's so interesting <laughs> as you start designing yourself, your life, your internal yeah. self, you do become more confident and free and making those bold choices that align with who you truly are. Like we were talking about before we started recording, you have this beautiful red lipstick on and I commented on it and we started talking about it. And I had just gotten my eyeliner the other day and the woman had given me literally like a bright red lipstick sample. And I was kind of like, Whoa. I mean, when that is not me, I'm never going to do that, but we have permission to change. I I don't need to be the nude lip girl for life. Like I can change that anytime Anytime. and I can, yeah, I can step into that and decide to be different. And yeah. A week ago, my girlfriends in Arizona hosted the most beautiful 50th birthday celebration ever. I mean, way beyond anything I ever could have dreamed and imagined. I mean, Shana, I can't even tell you like every, Mm. it was such a celebration of everything that is so uniquely me. I mean, they made like every little touch and detail was my favorite colors, my favorite dessert. They each gave me a crystal that had an And it had an intention of what they want for me. And each person said, I'm giving you this because the meaning is this, and this is what I want for you. It was beautiful. But one of the things they did too, is we had a lipstick reader. So we put on lipstick or lip mark reader. I don't know what you call her. She's almost like a a fortune teller or tarot card reader. And we each mark, like made lipstick marks on a sheet of paper Mm. and she interpreted what it meant Yeah, And it was so funny because first of all, putting on lipstick was weird for me anyway. And I did this and here's what she said about mine. She said, she said, I have angel wings, which is like angels are watching over me. Mm. And then the striations on the top and bottom and nobody else in the group had this out of seven girls said that I have the lines on the bottom indicated I had a very strong connection to my intuition and my internal self. Mm -hmm. And the lines on the top indicated that I had a strong spiritual connection and a line to, you know, spirituality and a higher power and the universe. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I mean, it was my, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, that's something that I, I love too, is to talk about the role of intuition in our life. It's such a critical piece of designing our life because we are taught not to trust our intuition. Oftentimes we know our intuition is being challenged because as a woman, we're called crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Oftentimes when we can't, when we can't define proof as someone else accepts proof, 
But that's yeah, kind of the definition of intuition is there aren't necessarily there facts to back it up. Correct. It's just a knowing. It's intuition. Yeah. yeah, it's just a knowing. It's your deep inner wisdom speaking to you. And and that is such a critical piece of allowing your intuition, trusting yourself. Like that's how we get to a place where we can get clear on the story that we want our life to tell. Because if we don't trust ourselves, we don't even know what story we're trying to tell or that we want to tell. And we don't even know that we can tell a story. We're just being forced to go through the motion. Correct. We don't even know who we are. We have no idea because there's all these layers of expectations on us. Mm. We just walk away and abandon those expectations. But when we start to set boundaries, those expectations get to be clear and there gets to be reciprocation defined in the relationships and all those beautiful connections starts to happen. And then we can, you know, we can get back to a place where our intuition tells us, okay, I, you know what? I love this person, but I don't think this situation is best for me. And then I can speak my truth and I can say, mm. you know what? Thank you for inviting me on vacation. And I love you very much, but I don't think that's actually what I need at this moment. Oh my God. I I have that exact same situation going on right now where I'm invited (laughs) on a trip and I, my, my body is just screaming. No, God, we should always listen to our body. We should always listen to our body. I always think it's fascinating that my body tells me I don't trust somebody before I've absolutely intellectualized it. Like little things, like I'll move my possessions away from the person. Oh my gosh. Wow. Or I'll cross my legs and rotate my body away from the person, protecting myself from that person. And I'll notice these physical changes in my body. And that's your intuition already speaking. Our body knows when we're uncomfortable with somebody. Think about if you're in front of a person, especially like I think as women, we'll know if a man is staring at us, we'll feel it before we've intellectualized it. And you might cross your arms over your body, or you might turn your body slightly, or you might, you know, we'll notice our body is is like an intuition compass. We know our bodies know we are not safe. I've never thought about it that way. I'm going to start paying attention to that because I think more of like my stomach will always be the first indicator, but maybe Mm. there are actual almost subconscious physical things that we're doing. I'm going to start like tuning in. I love that. Yeah. 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 I remember I I started paying attention to it because I heard a dating coach talk about the fact that like, if you're on a date and like for men to pay attention, like if they're on a date and they move their water glass close to a woman and she like closer to her cup, like if they move their cup closer to Mm -hmm. her and she, she immediately picks up her cup, takes a drink and sit further away from his, the date's not going well and he should abandon ship. (gasps) Wow. I've never heard that. That's so interesting. I was like, oh my God, that's so true. And I just started paying attention to when I was doing that. And I was like, oh, mm. so okay. interesting. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Well, and, and, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say we could talk forever. We absolutely we didn't even could. hit like half of the topics because <laughs> I wanted to talk about autism and ADHD. That's yeah. probably like a whole nother combo, it is. Yeah. but you're yeah. so open-hearted and such a beautiful expression of, you know, managing that in life and talking about it. I would love to have you back on and I would love that. discuss that. That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. But in the meantime, let's talk about what services you offer and how people yeah. can work with you and find yeah. you. Cause I love this intersection of interior design and in, in ourselves design. I love, I mean, yeah. 
And literally it's so funny because today my, one of my projects after this is to like reorganize my house. Like I'd already planned on doing Mm -hmm. that this weekend. So now I'm going to reframe it in a totally different intention and energy. And it's going to feel so good. I I can't wait. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So my work focuses around, I, I do a lot of public speaking. I also host workshops. So you can check all that out. So uh, all my speaker information, all my workshops, my work as an interior designer, it's all on my website. You can also contact me through my website, my cell phone number, my email is all there. It's www.consonate.world. And I'm sure you'll tag it in the show notes. Yes. Um, But I would love for people to reach out to me that way. You could also subscribe to my monthly newsletter there as well you know, just keeping you up to date. I love to give away like free, you know, hints and tips and tricks and all of these things where people can really start to connect and implement the information for themselves. But also really check out my workshops. I I keep them very intentionally, very accessible financially. Each workshop is $70. You know, it's it's a 90 minute $70 workshop. And then like, if I do them as a whole day or split them into two days, I have a two day coming up October 22nd, 23rd, it's four hours each day. It's $450 for a two day, you know, workshop. So really want it to be accessible to everybody. So even if you don't attend, I would love, you know, if people could share. I'm going to check it out. Thank yeah. you. So a couple questions I love to ask everybody. Yes. I'm excited what, about these questions. Yes. <laughs> what books are you listening yeah. to or reading these days? What's on your list? Yeah. So I actually run a book club. So if anybody's oh. interested in joining a book club, let I'm me in. know. I'm yeah. In. So we're currently reading Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall. Brilliant book, really important book. I'm also um, rereading When Things Fall Apart by Pema Children. I need to reread that too. Oh, I read gosh, it yeah. years ago. I, yeah, yes. I read it like three or four years ago and I was like, it's time, it's time because it's not that things are falling apart, it's that things are changing and that feels like things fall apart, right? In those moments when so much is changing. I love that. So yes. I love that. Yeah. Getting yeah. comfortable being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Gosh, always, it all comes always. Back to that. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> That's the lesson here. Mm-hmm. What about music? What's playing oh, on your playlist? These I, I love all different kinds of music. So there's a crazy variety, everything from like old school Jojo to like new Britney and Elton John. But my one of my favorite songs I've been listening to is called Get It In by Raja Kumari. So yeah, when I say I listen to everything, it's like hip hop, jazz, funk, dance, everything. It's all, all in these different uh, genres are all there. Oh, so fun. All right, cool. I'm going to check that out. We may have like kind of an ongoing running playlist of all the favorites Mm. of everybody who's been on the show. And it's so funny because there really is such a wide spectrum of music tastes. In fact, I kind of need to make two separate playlists because one is more like regular music and one is more you know, meditation, like mm, kind of chill yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. stuff. So, yeah. but love this. Can't wait to check it out. And yeah. oh my gosh, I had so much fun. I, know, I don't, I, I don't want too. this call to I end. Don't either. Like, I don't either. I want to keep talking to you. <laughs> I know. I know. So well, we're both on the, we're both on the East coast. So maybe we'll, we'll be able no, to. No, like, I'm in Phoenix. In I'm oh, not you're in Phoenix. Oh, right. Coast. You're not on the East coast. Never mind. I was like, wait, wait. Sometimes oh, no, you're, you're I go there, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but still, still, we could meet in real life. I know a lot of people all over the world, so we could still try to figure out 
put a meat in real life. So. Yes. Well, we're definitely going to have another combo for sure. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Yeah, I feel like a- I like grew, you know, a couple inches today. My heart expanded. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nina. Yeah. Thank you, Shana. Thanks for joining today's episode of See the Upside podcast. For more details about today's guest and show notes and links, visit our website at seetheupside.com. You can find us on Instagram at see.theupside and Facebook at seetheupside. If you love today's show, please spread the light by giving us a rating or sharing it with a friend. We appreciate you so much and love sharing the positivity with anyone who could be inspired by it. We're all on a beautiful journey and it's so much more fun doing it together and sharing our stories with each other along the way. Can't wait till next time.